We're back and we're better than ever. It's the Detroiter, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, presented by the Second String, all of your vintage style sports and streetwear apparel. Check it out. You're a Detroit fan, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Red Wings, Michigan, Michigan State, doesn't matter. Check it out. All kinds of stuff there. Vintage stuff, too. I get a weird obsession with vintage. I don't know what to tell you. I like it. Everything that was actually made in the 80s and 90s, now there's only like three of each on the earth, so everything's like $300. Said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make it myself. So check that out if you're a sports fan. Got streetwear on there, too. You just like Detroit. You like Chicago. Whatever. Check it out. It's good stuff. Um, We're back. So we spent the first two episodes this week. We had the usual episode on the Tuesday. You know what happened there. I mean, fucking all in on the Michigan-Michigan State game. We're uh, we're past that, though. That's in the rear view. We got Purdue, dog. We got Purdue. Michigan's got Indiana. We're on the greener pastures. It was fun. I'm still going to gloat here and there, obviously. <laughs> 37-33, but uh, we're on. We're on to different things now. I do want to do some Detroit stuff today because episode Tuesday, like I said, all college. Uh, we did the episode yesterday again. I just wanted to talk more about the MSU-Michigan game without being an asshole because <laughs> I couldn't help myself on Tuesday. So that's what we did yesterday. And I figured today, let's do some Detroit stuff. Uh, there, It's tough. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. I know exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking, Nick, who gives a fuck about anything that's happening in Detroit? And you know what? That's a great point. That is a really good point that you make. Sad part is, um, I just feel kind of, I don't know if responsible is the right word. Obligated is probably a better word. I feel obligated to at least talk for a couple minutes on the Lions graduating the 0-8 on the Pistons looking worse than I think anybody could have imagined. And the Red Wings with a little bit of a slide. Canada, not going to be fortuitous to the Wings this year. Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully next time they go there, we smuggle Tyler Bertuzzi in. I don't know what the plan is. Hopefully they never have to play another game in Canada because it was ugly. I feel like I just got to shed a little light, spend a little bit talking about it. I mean, if we were talking about what's exciting, what are people invested in, what matters, what's positive, all it would be is Michigan, Michigan State. And you know I could do that all fucking day, every day. But name of the podcast, name of the brand, the Detroiter figure. Well, got to talk about a little bit of Detroit. Like I know MSU and Michigan are in that vein, but a little Detroit wouldn't hurt anybody. And I do want to talk about it to some extent. It's just, I don't want to talk about it because I'm excited and it makes me feel good. I just want to talk about it just to get it out there. Thoughts that I've been thinking, like watching the Pistons. I watched a couple quarters last night, and it is fucking bad. Like, bad, bad. Not even when you – you know when you watch a team, maybe high school, at the high school level, college, doesn't happen as much in the pros, but it's fucking happening now. You watch a team, and you're like, oof, those guys are bad. But then there's that next level. Like, every so often you come across a team where it's, Bad, bad. It's worse than bad. Like it's, you feel sorry for them. Bad. It's my eyes are bleeding bad. It's, I would literally rather watch anything, 
anything on earth, you anything, than watch another minute of this basketball game levels of bad. That's where we're at with the Pistons. The Lions, the Lions have been there, but even still, the Lions up until this week, that Philly game was fucking pathetic. Up until this week, the Lions have been just normal bad. They've been, uh-oh, they might win one of these. Oh, they're keeping it close. Oh, they're trying hard. They're being competitive. Oh, 10-point game. That's not so bad. They're normal bad. They've been normal bad. This Sunday was bad bad. The Pistons, every time I've caught any moment of Pistons basketball this year, it's been depressing bad. It's been, I don't want to do this bad. It's, you have to pay me to watch the Pistons bad. Like, you're telling me Thursday night, 7 o'clock, Pistons play Philly? Yeesh. You would have to pay you like 30 bucks. If someone said $20, sit there from seven to 10, watch the entire Pistons game. Nah, dude, that's not worth it. 20 bucks. That's not going to do it. Like in 40, if you said 40, all right, I'll sit down and I'll watch the Pistons. But we're, that's where we're at. That's where we're at with Detroit Pistons basketball. I don't know. Like I obviously have said, I'm not the biggest Pistons guy in the world. If anybody's going to be completely irrelevant as they have been since 2009, I'd re- I'd rather it be the Pistons than any of the other teams. But dude, like just once in my life it would be sweet to be able to turn on the Pistons and be like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. Like we have some sweet players. They do cool shit. That was a cool basket. They they keep it close. It's entertaining. One time it'd be it'd be nice to do that. One. Just one. I don't need championships. We don't need to be the new Splash Brothers. Um I don't need titles even. Be cool to be a competitive team, though. It'd be cool to turn on a game in the second quarter and not be down 20 or more. Like, that'd be sweet. That'd be fucking sick if Pistons fans could turn on a game at any time and it's like a five-point game. Dude, imagine that. If you could you could watch five possessions and you know you'd be guaranteed the Pistons make at least one basket, imagine a world like that. Is that like that's not crazy? I feel that's not crazy to ask for. Pistons aren't even near that level. Like, that's how bad it is. You're not even near that level. Um, and it's fucking depressing because being a guy who I don't necessarily have my pulse or my finger on the pulse of the Pistons, I haven't tracked them through the rebuild the last 12 years. <laughs> Pathetic. I came into this year. All right, we got Cade. He's fucking sweet. I watched him in the summer league. All right, Killian, another step. Sadiq, Stu, Jeremy. We got some guys. We got some dudes that looked pretty good last year. We got some guys that powered a team that last year they were fun bad. Yes, they lost a lot of games, but they did sweet shit. They were kind of fun to watch. They kept it close most nights. They were fun bad. And, and, and the other thing too. When you got a bad team like the Pistons had last year, yeah, it sucks losing all the time. But when they're play- like they're fun to watch, they they show you flashes, and you can fall back on the oh wait, we're a young team. Killian, Stu, they're only nineteen. Sadiq's twenty one or twenty two. Jeremy Grant's still twenty seven. You can fall back on that, and they're kind of fun to watch. Being bad's not the worst thing at all. Like that's all right. That's a solid season for being bad. When you come into the next year, we're all off season, all the season before you were talking about, oh no, they'll take a step. Think about next year. Like they're losing all these games close. These guys are going to take a step next year. They're going to be better. 
It's going to be fun. Killian's going to make more shots. Sadiq's going to get into his bag. And I know Sadiq's been better this year. Jeremy Grant, he's going to become the primary guy. He's going to become a force. He hasn't been good. Stu, he's going to be a mo- – you start talking about, oh, we're losing these games close, and then you're doing the rain man math to make yourself feel better, but they're going to take a step forward. We're going to add Cade. Whoa. Next year, the Pistons aren't going to win the NBA or anything, but they're going to be fun. They might win some more games. If they were fun last year, they're sure as hell going to be fun this year, and it's not the case. It is not the case at all. It's actually the opposite of the case. The case has been flipped, turned on its head, and dumped over. The case, mm-mm, they didn't take step forwards. They took a step back. They may have taken two, three steps back. Um, they went from, all right, the team that got bounced in states last year, but everyone's going to be a senior this year. They went from like that mindset to, oh, they're the seniors that are on JV, and the only reason they even made JV is because their dad is the one who buys all the basketballs and all the jerseys. That's where we're at. Like That's the level of play we've seen from the Pistons. I haven't watched a ton. Godspeed, but like, if you sit through 82 games of Pistons basketball, if you've been sitting through 82 games of Pistons basketball and you've seen in a year that was supposed to be hopeful and supposed to be better and supposed to be the first step back to relevance and you plan on sitting through another 82 this year, um, you're an incredible human being. You know that? If you've sat through the first, what, six or seven this year and you're going to go the rest of the – you've seen what's happened. You've seen what it looks like. You know. You've taken the peek behind the curtain and you're going to come back for the next 73 or whatever – you I, you're an incredible person. There's really no way like nowhere else, no way else to say it. You're an incredible person. I, I don't know how anybody like you could be the biggest basketball fan on earth. You could have slept with a stuffed hooper when you were a kid. You could have gone to the palace every night for the first 16 years of your life. I don't care how you were raised on it, how diehard you are, what you are an unbelievable mental titan. You have the optimism that anybody on earth would be lucky to have an ounce of. You are an incredible person. You will be successful. You will be a happy person in life if you can still get yourself to tune into these Pistons games. I was watching for a quarter. I watched the second quarter, and I was I was appalled at what I saw. It, my first thought was, Jesus Christ, this is not good. Like I expected, let's turn it on. Red Wings are at intermission. Let's turn it on. Let's see what happens. We'll watch Cade mix it up a bit. We'll watch some of these young guys, see what they got. It was alarming at how not good they looked. It was alarm. And I know the Bucks are good, NBA champs, Giannis. I get it. But I was hoping to turn it on like, hey, you know, we'll lose the Bucks, but oh, hey, making some shots, running some nice sets. Right. He, oh, that's a nice little inbounds play there. When Dwayne Casey draw that one up, he steal that one from Toronto. It's a beautiful play. I was hoping for something like that. Oh, it was like, oh, oh, oh my God. It's like when a guy's boxing and he's knocked out and he keeps getting punched and you're like, dude, this is like not even fun. Anymore. This is just kind of sad to watch. Yeah. And there are people that are going to watch every single game this year. Um, and those same people more invested, far more invested in the hopeful, this is the year we take a step. We got Cade way more invested into that narrative. 
It's not coming true. It's not coming true. Fucking queue up Shrek. We got to get the fairy godmother in here. Cause that's starting to feel like the only way anything's ever going to change. As far as the Pistons concerned, if you're tuning in night in night out, if you're planning to continue tuning in night in night out, I you're, you're unbelievable. You are an unbelievable human. I, I respect you. I admire you. I wish you nothing but the best happiness and love for the rest of your life because you really do deserve it. You are a special person. You really do deserve it. And I mean that in the most genuine way. It's incredible what you guys do. It really is. It really is. I, I can't. I, I can't. I watched the second quarter. I was like, oh, my God. I, was, I thought. I, I recorded a podcast maybe, what, two weeks ago about, oh, I can't wait to watch some Pistons this year. It's going to be – I'm going to get a little excited for the Pistons. This will be fun. I did that. I said that. Oh, oh, how wrong I was. I'm not excited. I won't watch another minute of the Pistons this year unless I, A, go to the game or I'm at my friend's place and they got it on. And in that case, I'll say, hey – uh, you mind if I put on Seinfeld reruns? Cause that would be better than this. I mean, to be honest with you, right? It's tough. It is. It's uh, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow it feels like the sun is still setting on the Pistons. It's getting worse. Somehow we thought, all right, now's when it gets better. It's getting worse before it gets better. <laughs> it's not, it's not enjoyable at all. Anyways, Let's take a quick break. The little Pistons. Take a quick break here. Um, talk a bit about the wings. I don't know. I mean, there's not a ton. You're going to win games. You're going to lose games. It's fucking hockey. It's a road trip. No Bertuzzi the first night. And then uh, last night against Montreal, no Bertuzzi, no Larkin. Not going to go well, more likely than not. And it didn't go well. They looked fucking atrocious. Top line had a few chances. Raymond had a couple plays, right? Like Cider, I thought was excellent. Nedeljkovic was excellent. Wasn't great though. Wasn't great. I guess we'll just do the Red Wings now and then we'll take the break. Wasn't great though. Um, but that's what happens. Two of your top, probably three, four players are out. It's going to be a tough night at the office, especially when after your top four, five guys, the drop off is steep. You play high school football. Your team's pretty solid. Week two, all the starters are in, the seniors. Boys look pretty good. Week seven rolls around. Half the kids, you know, signed up a week before camp started in the summer. These kids can't bench the bar. All of a sudden, that team that looked pretty good in week two, ugh, not so great. Depth. Depth is important, believe it or not. And it was apparent that the Red Wings don't have much of it last night. I mean, you could, t from the moment, my, I laid eyes on the game. It was like, uh-oh, oh, this is going to be one of those games, eh? This is going to be like a 2019 Red Wings game, eh? It's kind of hoping we work those out of the system, especially after the start the Wings got off to, competing with these excellent teams, winning some games that maybe they shouldn't win and certainly wouldn't have won in years past. It was, uh oh we got some playmakers. We got this. We got that. This is kind of fun. Maybe maybe those those days are behind us. Uh not quite if Larkin and Bertuzzi aren't going to be in the lineup. Not quite at all. Um, bad. They got dominated. It felt like Montreal was all over the puck the entire game. Again, Nadelkovic played out of his mind, I thought. I don't know how anybody could watch that game. I don't know how many saves he had. I can't remember. I don't know how anyone could have watched that game, though, and not thought he played out of his mind. I mean, that thing could have been 8 nothing, fucking easily. 
easily could have been. He not only was it he's getting peppered making saves, it was he had at least like five, six unreal saves where nine times out of ten they're in the net. He stopped them. And they still lost three nothing. So that that should tell you bad, bad, bad night for the Red Wings. The offense was non-existent, which that's what really that's what really makes them unwatchable at times. Like I can live with the three nothing, three one loss. Like I can live with that. If there's just a lid on the net, you can't sneak one by the goaltender that night. Shit happens. Maybe you hit a post or two. I get it. It happens. I it's tough. When it's one of those games where you've watched 60 minutes, you just spent three periods on your couch and they have like two good scoring chances. Those games are the ones that just demoralize you. It's one thing you're getting the offense, you're making some plays, you're getting some looks. The production's there. They're trying, they're being creative. They're putting the puck on the net. All right. Coley's having a day. It's fine. You're not going to win them all. Like I said, it's hockey. You win, you lose. It's hockey. But when you, play 60 minutes and it's I can think of like one chance that they had that was like oh that could have been a goal that's not good and that's just a killer as a fan that's a killer if you're giving up goals yeah it sucks yeah you're probably gonna lose but hey if you're scoring goals or getting close to scoring goals and you lose yeah you still lost but it was fun to watch you scored a few shit was happening yeah it was fun to watch there was some action those three nothing just stifle never come close games. It's like, dude, put a fucking fork in my eye. And then I think, hey, you know what? This game stinks. The Red Wings obviously are gonna lose. Let me check out. Let me check. Let me check in on the Pistons. Cade's second game, right? They're supposed to be taking a step forward. Let's check it on the Pistons. And it's worse. It was a tough day to be a Detroit sports fan. <laughs> it was a tough day to be a Detroit sports fan last night. I mean, good God. Good God. The Wings, I I know I made a few TikToks that people, it's funny, like on TikTok, I don't really use it. I don't watch it. I just post and kind of dip out, respond to comments, interact. It's funny on TikTok how many people, I made one, uh, I think after the after Larkin scored the OT winner. I can't, who was that against? I can't remember. But the Red Wings were like four, two, and one. I made one. Holy shit. The Red Wings are good this year. Are we back? The Red Wings are fucking back. We're out of the rebuild. We're taking the step. No way. And I got people on there like, relax, guy. It's six games in. Chill out. Relax, brother. Let's see until they hit a road trip. Dude, dude I, people like crazy how bad people are at telling, oh, he's not trying to be an ESPN analyst and tell exactly what's going on by the book with the Red Wings. He's actually just trying to make a joke, trying to fire it up a little bit. Oh, wow. It's weird on TikTok how bad people are at like receiving that. I'm like, dude, yeah, I obviously don't think the Red Wings are going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm fucking joking, bro. We're six games in. They haven't done anything exciting since I was 18. Let me just make a fucking TikTok and enjoy it. I don't need you telling me it, pulling up stats, explaining to me why they're going to level off and finish below five. Like, I don't need that. We're having fun. We're just, we're, we're joking around. They look great. I'm going to enjoy it for the week that it lasts. Fucking sue me. It's crazy how many people don't understand that. But I made a TikTok. Everyone's like, whoa, 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 relax. Maybe they were right though. Um, not good the last few nights for the Red Wings. But still, they're 4-4-2. Four, four and two. That's a 500 team. They're still in the money. And that's what I said before the year. 
Don't need you winning the presidents. Don't need you winning the Stanley Cup. Honestly, obviously it would be incredible. I don't even need the wings making the playoffs. Just keep, like, be in it. Be in it. Let me be sitting there in March saying, well, this if they win five of the next six and these guys lose, maybe it'll have Like, let me believe that there's a chance. That's all I want. Just keep it close. Stay within striking distance. Give me a reason to, in March, still watch the games. I just don't want, oh, it's January 14th and the Red Wings are mathematically eliminated. Just stay away from that as late as you can. Keep the mathematical elimination as far into the spring as you can, and I'll be happy. You don't need to make the playoffs. You don't need to win a series, nothing. Just keep it interesting. Keep me interested until the very end. If you make the playoffs, great. If you don't, hey, I was interested for 82. That's a step in the right direction. Usually we can't get past 60. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. So it wasn't great the last few nights. I don't know what's going on with Larkin. Uh, He didn't play last night, didn't practice today for personal reasons. I don't know what's going on with him. Hopefully everything's okay with him, his family, his friends. No, there's no information, at least not that I know of. Um, It sucks. That shit's depressing to hear too because, you know, I don't know, death in the family, something going on with him, whatever the case is. Obviously, he's the captain. He grew up here. He's been here for a while. I would assume him and Steve's relationship Larkin's kind of taken on a bigger sense of responsibility as the years have gone by. You would think he's a guy where he's not missing fucking hockey games unless something serious is going on, which makes me scared, makes me nervous, makes me sad. Hope he's okay. I hope we see him back soon. Um, God knows the Red Wings fucking need him. I mean, it was bad last night without him. I hope he's all right, though. That shit's sad to hear. And it's weird, too. I guess this is kind of insensitive of me, kind of a douchebag. I don't know if it's douchebag or just cold bastard thing to say. But, like, you see the stuff uh, Calvin Ridley this Sunday said he's stepping away, mental reasons, which, again, sad to hear. But, like, I'm not a Falcons fan, right? Like, sad, hopefully Calvin gets better. Hopefully, you know, he does whatever he needs to do. But it doesn't really hit me that hard. But then when it happens to your team, right, which makes sense, it happens to the captain of the Red Wings, and here I am like, damn, that's fucking – this is depressing. Like, this sucks. I don't – you don't want to hear that about anybody. And then it happens to your captain, a guy who has been here through the worst of it, through the worst hockey this city's ever seen. And now we finally felt like, all right, maybe they're turning the corner. Maybe they're starting to get there. Like, all that suffering Larkin endured – Maybe it's going to finally pay off, and now he's, he's something happened and he's missing games and stuff. Fucking sucks, dude. It sucks. So, hope he's all right. Hope we see him back soon. Bertuzzi, thank God we're done in Canada. I think they play in Boston tonight when this comes out. Thank God we're done in Canada. We need Bertuzzi back too. But I don't know. I'm still with the Red Wings. I'm still excited. That Larkin-Bertuzzi-Raymond line is fucking electric. Anytime those guys are going, I'm going to think the Red Wings are – they have a chance. The goaltending, I think, has been good. Cider's been awesome. Um, they're still fun to watch. They're still exciting. There's a reason to tune in every night. If for nothing else, the fact that Raymond's leading the Calder and Mo Cider actually is a Norris candidate. I saw a graph the other day, like the some chart rating the best defenseman in the league. I, I can't remember the metric. But Cider came in at like fifth. What is he, 19, 20 years old? Everybody else, it's like big time. Adam Fox just won the Norris. Like Kale McCarr, just big time names. And it's like, oh, Mo Cider, that rules. 
So there still is excitement reason to tune in. I think they're still going to win games. I think fuck Boston. They'll be Boston Thursday. Why not? Um, but tough scene in Canada. All right. Now we'll take a quick break. We'll do a little bit on the lions and then, uh, I guess look forward to state Purdue. I don't have a ton to say. I do want to talk about Michigan for a little bit and not so much Indiana, but just where they're at now, where they're at with Harbaugh, the path forward, like as much as I hate to say it, I think Michigan still controls their own destiny. So we'll get into that a little bit. All right. Well, guess let's talk about the lions. I don't know if people realize if you've watched the NFL for a while, I'm sure you do. Um, it's really hard to get just completely blown out in the NFL. Shit happens a lot in college, happens a lot at the high school level. It's fucking hard to get destroyed in the NFL. Like a 40-point game, you got worked, and you got to be bad to let that happen. And it's one thing when those games come and you're playing Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's one thing when Tom Brady dices you up for 49 points. You get that. Like, fine. All right. If we play some of the best teams in the league, I don't expect the Lions to keep it close. And if they blew us out, all right, yeah, that, that you know, it adds up. I'm not going to act like all surprised. What was tough about Sunday outside of getting fucking annihilated and the game being over in the first quarter, what was tough outside of that, what was tough is we got blown up by the Eagles. They're also bad. They're also a bad team. The Eagles are not going to make the playoffs. The Eagles should not make the playoffs. The Eagles watching them, it's like, ugh, I don't know if Hurts is good or bad. Their offense stinks. Their def- They're bad. They play anybody with a pulse. Every week the theme is, man, what happened to the Eagles? They're a bad team. They just beat the Lions by 40 points. That's not good. That is not good. And I want to be optimistic and I want to come on and be happy and yay, I still believe. And Dan Campbell's got us moving in the right direction. This is awesome. Sure. Um, I'm not out on Dan Campbell. Anybody that's out this season's fucking crazy. I'm still with Dan Campbell, this and that. But it is tough to see your, see the team who we keep getting being told these guys are close. They're going to get one. They never quit fighting. These guys, you know, they're, oh, man, they're busting their ass. They're going to get one. Dan Campbell's got them going. And then you come out against the fucking Eagles and get shit on like that. The Eagles are fucking bad. I don't know how many times I need to say it. That's demoralizing to see. That is – it's one of those things where, hey, as much as I love Dan and as much as I believe in him – and I think the future things will get better, and I think he will do a good job. I absolutely believe all of that. While that may be true, it's tough to be pumping them along, pumping them on like, Dan, I don't expect you to win any – I mean, I kind of expect you to win one, but I don't expect you to win many games. I don't expect you to beat really anybody. But I don't – or I do expect you – to not get blown out by bad teams. I do expect that. So that was a bummer. And again, I'm not sitting here, oh, Dan might not be the guy. I'm still with Dan. I am. But it's tough to be optimistic. It's tough to come on. We've had the games. Hey, the Ravens game, we, you know, 
fucking brutal loss. The Viking or uh, was what was the other one they had? Was it the Vikings game? Yes, brutal loss. Like ugh, tough guys that you battled, you kept it close. It was a good game. It's easy to come on after those and all right. Well, you know Dan's got the guys going. They never quit. They made a couple plays. We were for a little bit there after that Vikings game. We had a nice theme of this defense that was the worst defense I've seen in my entire life last year. All of a sudden, we're holding the Ravens to 19. We held the Vikings to 17, something like that. All We had a little theme of, hey, we're still 0-5. It's still not good. They're still not going to do anything of value. Hey, the defense got better, though. Dan Campbell, he figured out the defense. I mean, this was one of the worst defenses I've ever seen last year. And now they're holding offenses like the Ravens to 19. That's a positive. We can talk about how Dan Campbell's done that. We can talk about how every time the Lions have all the reasons to quit, they don't, and they battle back, and they force a fumble or intercept a pass and keep it close. Yes, they never fucking they never capitalize and go through with it and win the game, but they're trying. They're making plays. They're in the fight, and they're battling at points where most teams, most guys would have already quit, which has been positive, which has been good. It's been, hey, you know what? We don't. I can come on here, and we don't need to talk about how bad the Lions are and how we may go 0-17. And the fact that the Lions are the biggest joke in sports franchise history, I would say, um, we've had the little distractions. We've had things happen that, you know what, we don't need to talk about the bad. This is not one of those times. This is not one of those times. I mean, it's bad. The Eagles are bad, and they killed us. I don't really know what else there is to say. What positives are there? Seriously. Jared Goff threw it away on fourth down again. Is that a positive? I don't. It's bad, and that's all I got on the lines. What I do want to talk about, I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I just can't do the, like, I don't want to come on here and just talk about how shitty it is being a Lions fan, how it's mind-boggling that you can be the worst fucking organization in the league for 60-something years, and it never, never gets better. It honestly, I think about this Bill Simmons quote way too fucking often. It's depressing how frequently I think about it. He was talking about the Pistons one time, and he said, how are you irrelevant? How have the Pistons been irrelevant? Irrelevant. Not pretty good, irrelevant for the last 12 years, and you don't have one asset to show for it. They got Cade Cunningham now. Irrelevant, and you don't have a single asset. Truer words have never been spoken. How are you the Detroit Lions? How have you been irrelevant for 60-something years, and you don't have anything to show for it? Nothing. This isn't college where the best teams are always the best teams. It doesn't depend on recruiting and success brings in talent, which yields more success, which yields more talent. It isn't that. When you're bad in the pro sports, they're like, hey, man, that sucks. These people of Detroit, this joke fucking franchise, that's sad. You know what? Since they were so fucking pathetic, let's give them a really high draft pick. And they're still the worst? And how is it only the Lions? For a long time, we had the Browns sitting shotgun riding with us. Browns were, what, they they were in the playoffs last year? They make the AFC Championship game? Browns are good again this year. Now they're out of a little turmoil. 
but they've had some injuries. They're supposed to be pretty good. The Browns made the playoffs. How are we? How are the Lions the only team that, even though the league is helping us out? Hey, Detroit, you've been dog shit for 60 years. Take all these draft picks. Nothing. You know what? Thanks for the draft picks. We're going to be even worse if you can believe that. How is that the case? I just can't when it's we're 0 and 8. The season was over fucking five weeks ago. What is there to talk about? Do you want to talk about the Lions how, and pointless things from pointless games? I don't. That doesn't sound interesting. I don't give a fuck about the Lions right now. It's the Sims. Fast forward. It's Madden. Sim to next season. Like, that's where we're at with the Lions. There is no part of me that's like, oh, this is cool. Oh, they might, this guy might get the start today. Who gives a fuck? We're 0 8. The season's over. The only thing there is to talk about is how goddamn pathetic it is. And I just don't want to do it, even though I just did for a couple minutes. So, you know what I do want to talk about? You know what is interesting? You know what does sound a little fun? Let's talk about Michigan. I know, oh, Michigan. Um, I'm not going to be mean, Michigan fans. It's okay. You can hang around. It's all right. I won't be mean. It's an interesting spot they're in. So obviously they lost Saturday to state, but Michigan finds themselves in a really, really strange spot because although they lost that game and you might look at it, well, there it goes. Michigan still does control their own fate. I think they need MSU to lose a game. They, no matter what Michigan does, they need Michigan state to lose actually two games. I think, right? I think they need Michigan because if Michigan State only lost one, Michigan State has the tiebreaker. So I think they need MSU to lose two. Um, Ohio State, they need Michigan needs them to lose a game to Michigan, obviously, because Michigan needs to win out. But they're in an interesting spot. Technically, they do kind of control their own destiny. Assuming, you know, Michigan State, they play Penn State, they play Ohio State, no Big Ten games, a cupcake. I've been saying that for weeks now. They're looking at MSU. All right, they'll lose a game. They need them to lose two. If Michigan beats Ohio State, there's the Ohio State's loss. Michigan is fairly in it still. Yes, the front runners are Michigan State, Penn, or uh, Ohio State. Absolutely. Those two, by, more than anybody, control their own destiny. They're undefeated in the league. But Michigan's still kind of in it. It's very strange. It's very interesting because after the game Saturday, a game in which we've talked about it, Harbaugh, if you ask me, I know everyone wants to talk about the refs because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be mean for a second, loser mentality. Um, Harbaugh fucking blew it. He didn't stop Kenneth Walker, which how do you play Michigan State and not have a plan to stop Kenneth Walker? That blows my mind. So people naturally calling for Harbaugh said, hey, bright spot of this loss, Harbaugh won't be here next year. Michigan's in an interesting spot now, though. They can still win out. They can. It is possible. I don't think they will. I think Ohio State will probably beat them by at least 20. Um, And, you know, when that happens, then it doesn't matter what I say now. Then either Ohio State or Michigan State's going to be in. If they lose to Ohio State, which, again, I think they will, and I think even the most radical Michigan fan, you'd have to admit the odds of you beating Ohio State, your feeling heading into an Ohio State game in Columbus cannot be good. Cannot be feeling too good. Cannot possibly be looking at that game going, yeah, why not Michigan? Why can't Michigan? 
Well, I'll tell you what, I haven't done it in what, like 14 years or something. What was it? Oh, five when they won less. I can't even remember. Oh, eight. I don't even know. You haven't done it in ages. That's why. But for, for, for the fun of it, let's say Michigan does. They pull a miracle. It's the second coming of Jesus. He moves the stone from the tomb on the third day and Michigan beats Ohio State. They're still kind of in control. And now all these people, if that happens, what interests me is the whole dynamic and the narrative around Harbaugh. Because if that happens, you're still going to be calling for Harbaugh's head. He beat Ohio State for his first time and the first time in forever. He, you know... You play a tough conference. You play a tough schedule in the Big Ten East. You lost one game to his arch rival to another top 10 team in Michigan State. Like, fuck, I mean, tough. On the road, that's a tough fucking game. He lost, yeah, Shit happens. But are people, if he does miraculously beat Ohio State, and let's say they have one loss, let's say Michigan loses two and they make the Big Ten, Harbaugh's safe. Are you kidding me? Harbaugh's safe. He makes the Big Ten championship. You'd be nuts to fire him then. But let's say they went out one loss at the end of the year, Michigan. Let's say Michigan State wins out or they have a loss and Michigan State wins with the tiebreaker. So Michigan, one loss season, beats Ohio State, but loses that game to MSU, which denies them access or entry to the Big Ten Championship. And Mel Tucker makes it in year two. Are we still firing Harbaugh at Michigan? That is an interesting situation. And even now, I think it's interesting with everybody calling for his head. I see where people are coming from, obviously. It's year seven. Like I've said a million times, when Harbaugh was hired, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. It was a matter of how many, right? And he hasn't done shit that you can, you know, that you can show off. No Big Tens, no fucking big Rose Bowls, nothing like that. Obviously, no CFP. He hasn't done dick. Doesn't have a winning record against either of his rivals. I can see the frustration. I can see where people are like, fuck this guy. We got to get him out. But at the same time, that loss to MSU this weekend, top 10 team on the road, just ranked third in the college football playoff. Like you didn't just lose the Maryland. If you went out at this juncture, you still control a little bit of your own destiny, right? You're going to need a couple losses, but that's the nature of the beast. But if you win out, if you control your destiny, you got a good fucking chance. I mean, I love MSU. I think MSU is a good team. I think MSU, I think they're better than Penn State. People telling me Penn State's going to smack them. Penn State fucking sucks. Why do Penn State is not, I mean, they're fine, obviously in the grand scheme of college football, they're good, but for good, good teams, Penn State is not that good. Why would why are people like, oh, Michigan State, they're gonna get cream? What what? Penn State? They had Sean Clifford back. All I heard was, oh, wait till Clifford's back. And they lost to Illinois. <laughs> Illinois is horrible. Why do people think Penn State's that great? I think MSU will beat Penn State. I think they should. Um, and then the Ohio State game. I mean, it's fucking, you know, it's Ohio State. I'm gonna go into the game thinking MSU can win. I why not? We have Kenneth Walker, they don't. But again, it's fucking, you know, it's Ohio State. I don't think it's crazy to think MSU loses a game. Possible that they could lose two in the last four. I mean, if you're being an optimistic Michigan fan, you say they lose the OSU, they lose the PSU, and now you're in if Michigan beats Ohio State. Big if, obviously, but everybody's freaking out, hitting the panic button. I I just – I want to, like, put it in perspective. Look at me. Look at me being nice to Michigan fans, helping you guys out, kind of framing this in a more positive light. 
I know that was a terrible loss. I know that was a gut punch, but State's a good team. On the road, it was a great fucking game. Someone had to lose. You still control your faith for, you know, for the most part, right? It's not all terrible. And um, you know how hard it is to go undefeated? Even the year MSU made the college football playoff, they lost the game. Do you know how fucking hard it is to go undefeated? Like Michigan, you're still you're still there. You're still in it, right? Yeah, people freaking out, season's over. I'm not so sure Michigan's totally out. Again, do I think they're going to beat Ohio State? Do I think they're going to win out? Do I think they're going to make the championship Big Ten? No, I don't. I, I think they'll lose to Ohio State for sure. Um, and I think they'll probably lose another game too. I just that game against MSU felt like a game, and especially now the the fallout where your head fucking coach is going to the press complaining about it's Tuesday, and your head coach is complaining about the refs from the week before. You got players complaining about the refs. Your quarterbacks bitching about the refs. I think shit like that shows me as much as they want to say, hey. We got everything in front of us. We're on to next week. Well, it's fucking the next week, and you're still complaining about the referees from the week before. Are you sure you're on to next week? Are you sure you're focused on the rest? And beyond that, I think Ohio State's better than them. I think Ohio State probably is the best team, but we'll keep that between you and me. So I think Ohio State smokes them. And again, like I wouldn't be surprised if they lost this week against Indiana. Emotional loss. Fucking pregame. Harbaugh's still talking about the rest from the MSU game. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan lost any game the rest of the way. But but I just wanted to, I guess, point out, like, they still are fairly in control. They still, at the worst, even if they went out and may not be enough if MSU wins out or if Ohio State, I guess if Ohio State, you know, Michigan wins out, that means Ohio State lost to Michigan. But if MSU wins out, you know, fuck, that sucks. You you only lost one game all year. You didn't get in is what it is, right? But they still have the ability to make things interesting at the very worst. I feel like people are losing sight of that a little bit, a little bit. As much as it pains me to say, I wish, I wish Michigan was six feet under. I wish their season was dead and gone. I don't think it is, though. I think they still have the potential, have the capability of making some interesting things happen. Again, do I think they will necessarily? Probably not. But the possibility is there. Depends how they play. The possibility is there. That loss in East Lansing, as much as I would love for it to have been the cross above the grave for them, it wasn't. It It's a blow. It hurts their – now they need MSU to lose games, but it doesn't totally put them out of it. Another loss, and they're out. They lose again, Indiana, Ohio State, whoever. I think if they lose again, well, now you're out. But for now, I think they're still in it. Um, and last things last, let's talk a little MSU. Let's talk a little MSU. I don't want to get too intense. You know, I'm feeling good. We're eight and no, we just kicked Michigan's ass ranked number three in the college football playoff. Although whatever, who gives a fuck? I mean, it's cool. I would, that's the one, like, it's cool saying Michigan state's logo with Georgia and Alabama in the college football playoff. Ooh, it's cool. I'm sure. It's good for recruiting, the national brand, all that good stuff. It's good being on ESPN. It's great that Kenneth Walker is getting interviewed 12 times a day. That's awesome. Oh, we were in the first, in the week nine college football ranking, playoff ranking. Oh, eh, who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter. What matters now is winning the next game. I said it before the Michigan game. I've been saying it for a few weeks now. 
I said, I think I started talking about this during Rutgers week. Every game is going to be a dogfight. Every game is important. Yes, the Michigan game is more important. Yes, Penn State and Ohio State probably a little more important than this week against Purdue. Yes, true. Every game is a must win. It's survive and advance season. We just talked about how Michigan gets in. They need Michigan State to lose. Michigan State can't be sitting there. Ha ha ha. We just beat Michigan. Yeah, we're number three. Yeah, Purdue. They fuck. We just beat Michigan. Purdue cannot be the attitude at all. Can't be close to the attitude. Can't even creep close to being the attitude. MSU's got to take care of business. It is it's survive in advance. Every game's a big one. I don't care if it's Purdue. I don't care if it's Rutgers. I don't care if it's Illinois. I don't care if it's Ohio State. I don't care who it is. You're playing a Big Ten team, so they're not going to be bums. That George Karloftis guy Purdue has is going to be a first-round draft pick. You're playing like I don't care that Purdue's not fucking Alabama. They have a first-round draft pick on their team. They have talent. They're a Power 5 Big Ten program. They want to spoil your season. You don't think part of their pregame, part of their preparation leading up to this week is, oh, these guys from state think they're all high and mighty. They're having fun. Let's fucking ruin their season. You don't think that's what they're talking about? I guarantee you it is. Every game is huge now. Every game. Every game was huge before Michigan. You have to win. It's survive in advance. I don't care if you win by one. I don't care if you win by 100. It doesn't matter. Kill them. Barely beat them. Score 3-0, I don't give a fuck. Win. Just win. That's where we're at right now. That's the part of the season. Especially coming off that Michigan game, emotional, back and forth, classic game, right? You're celebrating. You feel like you've won something, which you did, right? Paul Bunyan's important. Winning that game, really important but you haven't won anything actually just yet. Mel Tucker said it best too. We didn't come this far just to come this far. As crazy as it is where State was supposed to be before the season, worst team in the Big Ten East, right? No chance. It's a rebuild. They'd be lucky to win four games. Even though that's where we've come from, we didn't come this far just to like, oh, now that we're 8-0 doesn't mean, all right, cool, we 8-0, that'll do. Now let's just go 8-4. and That's not part of the deal. That's not fuck no. That does, who cares that we're eight and no? Who cares what the preseason ranking was? Who cares that this is one of the most incredible coaching jobs anybody has ever done? None of that shit matters. Like Mel said, we didn't come this far just to come this far. We didn't. When? Just when? It's not house money. It's not, oh, this is cool. Eight and no is cool. Well, no, who cares? No. Beat fucking Purdue. Come out and act like you're playing Michigan. Come out and act like you're playing Ohio State. They're going to act like that. They're going to come out like Michigan did. They're going to come out intense. They're going to come out with one thing on your on their mind, which is beating Michigan State and ruining our fucking season. I don't care that Purdue isn't Alabama and isn't the heavyweight. Yes, we're going to get to those weeks. We're going to play the Penn States. We're going to play the Ohio States where it is a heavyweight battle. It is going to be a 12-round fucking fight. We'll get there. We'll get there. You cannot look ahead. You cannot say, oh, just because Purdue isn't them, whatever. You cannot. That's how you get beat. That's how you lose the bad teams. That's how you come this far just to come this far. That's how everything you've worked for, all the scripts that you've flipped, right, all the people you've proven wrong, it just goes to shit. Is doing stuff like that. Talk, oh, Purdue, whatever. Uh-uh. 
And I know I'm just a kid. I'm not on the fucking team. It doesn't matter what I say. But that's where I'm at mentally. And I hope that's where the team at. Mel Tucker's press conference seemed like it. He was re- he's reciting times. Purdue's beaten, I think it was like top 10 teams in history. I don't know if this dude hangs out with Sean McVay a lot. Random fucking list of dates and teams he just had off the dome. Purdue teams that had upsets. So he seems to realize and he seems to know. And he's in the same gear, dude. We didn't come this far to come this far. 9-0. and 9-0, and I don't give a fuck about Michigan. I don't care that we beat them. It doesn't matter. I don't care about any game we've played. I care about Purdue. 9-0, and win the next one. Keep this thing fucking moving. What's the point of the great story, right? What's the point of they were supposed to finish in the bottom of the Big Ten East, and here they are in Indianapolis? What's the point of this whole story and this whole turnaround if it turns into, oh, and they ended 8-4? and 8-4? and four? That doesn't do anything. This story is a story. This story is legendary. This story, this team gets cemented in history. When we show up to Indianapolis and pregame, they're talking about how, wow, Mel Tucker, they thought this would be a rebuilding year. They thought they would finish at the bottom of the East. That's when it becomes a story. That's when everybody starts talking. Whoa, man, what a job. That's when it's Leicester City type shit. Going eight and four, all right, cool. It was better than season than anticipated. That doesn't really do it for anybody, though. You did not come this far just to come this far. And again, I said it before, now we're that team. We're that team where you come into town, they want to beat your ass and ruin your day. We're that team that has the the target. The pressure's on us. Purdue, what's Purdue's record? Four and four or something? They got nothing. If they lose, all right, fucking who cares? They win, all right, who cares? Well, I guess they would care about a win, but if they lose, all right, who cares? They got nothing to lose. We got everything to lose. We're the team with the pressure. Said this before, before the Michigan game, which is a good thing because we've played a few games, but that Rutgers game, that Indiana game, I was nervous about those games because we had never really played as the team where the pressure's on us. It was always, oh, Michigan State, 4-0 and Michigan State, they're overrated. Oh, no, they're supposed to be trash. No, no, no. Like beginning of the year when we were winning games, beating Northwestern, beating Miami, it was, oh, they're still, you know, they're not supposed to be good. Just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. The ranking started to crawl a little higher, a little higher, a little higher. Oh, 4-0, 5-0, and 6-0. That's why I got nervous about that Rutgers game, about that Illinois or Indiana game, especially – because we had the Michigan game looming, easy to look forward. I was nervous about playing as the team with the pressure. Indiana has nothing to lose. They were playing spoiler. MSU had everything to lose. Now we've been in a few of those games. We've been in a couple of those games, Indiana, Rutgers, or the other team, not so great, not as high expectations. And now we've been in one of those games where we know we're playing a good team against Michigan and we beat them. So I feel better. I feel that State will be more prepared now because – They've had a few of these games now where it's like, hey, dude, we can't fucking lose. Like, they've had a few of those where it's tight game. Things aren't going so hot. Again, against Michigan, you're down 16. Your season essentially is on the line. Not looking so hot. The pressure's on. That pressure can crush you. few different times now they've bounced back, fought through it. it. Makes me feel a little better. They've been there. They know how to do it. They know they can do it. Makes me feel a little better. But that still exists. That pressure on state still exists. And Purdue, I don't give a shit, dude. Spoiler season. That makes me a little nervous, right? They know we're still, we're probably a little in the back of our heads. Oh, well, 
Still got to beat Penn State. Probably got to beat Ohio State. They know we're just Purdue. Oh, yeah, we'll beat Purdue. Can't do that. Can't have that. Hopefully, K-9 dominates again. Again, don't know why he wouldn't. Um, I would. I got to say, dude, like as much as it, it's great that K-9 can just take over a game and dominate. Um, we scored 37 against Michigan's number two defense. That's good. That makes me feel good. That's reassuring. As great as that is, I would like to see just a little bit of Peyton Thorne commanding. Like, give me a little bit. He did it against uh, Western Kentucky. He's done it a few times this year. Like, I want to have a game. Let's get Kenneth 100 yards, 150 maybe, two tutties. I want to have a game where Peyton cooks a bit. I don't want to deliberately call passes all night just because, oh, we want to see what – win the fucking game, do what it takes to win. I would just like to see when we call those passes, when it is third and eight and we need a first down. I just need a game. I want to see a game where Peyton's – it's like, all right, Peyton's on today. It feels like we've – it's been a couple weeks. Indiana, he was not good. Michigan, I felt like he was okay. Made a couple huge throws on the fourth down, the two-point conversion. For sure made a couple big ones. Still didn't think he was great against Michigan. It's been a little bit since we've seen him kind of on point, since Rutgers, really. I want another day where Peyton Thorne's clicking. I just need to have the confidence because guess what? Canine can work for so long. Eventually, if you're going to play a good team, you're going to play someone who says, wait a second, if we stop Kenneth Walker, how are they going to score points? That's going to happen eventually. And I want to have faith that, oh, all right, stack the box. Go all out against the run. Peyton Thorne is good enough to absolutely torch you. That's where we need to get. That's what I want to see. I want to see them win. Let's get to 9-0. and Let's keep this fucking thing moving. But I would like to see some stuff from Thorne. I don't need you to be John Elway. Just make some throws. Pick up a couple third downs. They set in the house. They stack against Walker. Make them pay for it. Like, just give me some confidence, Peyton. I just need some confidence in Peyton, right? Didn't feel great about him against Michigan. Whenever it was third and long, it was like, all right, hopefully he doesn't fumble again. I, I need that memory. I need that impression to be deleted. I need it to be third down. All right, Peyton's got this. We need to get back there. I would love a game from Peyton that we got the run game, we got the pass game, the defense does what it needs to. Just get me back to neutral. Anyways, that's all I got today. Hope everybody enjoyed. Go green. Let's get to 9-0, and baby. Let's keep this thing running. Um, yes, that's all. I, I'll be back next week. I'll be back next week. Talk to you guys later. Appreciate everyone who listens, by the way. Thank you for the support. I love you guys.